Din Djarin goes to Mandalore. Grogu learns some valuable skills. Bo-Katan provides key guidance and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap Chapter 18 of The Mandalorian. All right, we are back here on the Sky Guys, recapping Chapter 18 of The Mandalorian. We went to the Mines of Mandalore this week. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Also joining us today, the man is watching the narration every single week, currently Wizard of Ozing over, over there. Pete Constantinori here. Pete, how are you? I'm currently stuck in the Mines of Mandalore. That's why the lights are off. You can't see me. Uh, great to be here. Mandalorian. Very excited to talk about Episode 2 of this season, Chapter 18 of the whole show. I'm um, definitely excited to see what you guys thought. Yeah, don't go for a swim right now, Pete. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm good. All right. Also with us here today, uh, the uh, our, our uh, con artist mechanic of the podcast, Nick Friday is here. Nick, how are you? I'll put Peli Motto in my, in my description. I'm doing well. Um, wish you didn't bring that out. I was afraid what are you going to say, and, and that's what you went to. You went to Peli Motto. Yep. I did go there. Also with us today, uh, our special guest, the first of the season here. She was on with us talking at the last chapter 11 of and episode 11 of Andor. Sandra Rose is here. Sam, how are you? Good. Excited to be here for Mandalorian season three. Also, I don't think that's a big diss there. Yeah. You know, being uh, compared to Pele or whatever her name is. Well, Nick hates Pele motto. Yeah, Pele's pretty cool. That's my least favorite character. I mean, she's not like <laughs> all of the Mandovers. <laughs> yeah, she gets by. She gets by. Yeah, we're going to talk about her today. I thought Nick was very happy. She's only in the episode for about like 10 minutes. Yeah, I think that I have a sneaking suspicion that somebody in our audience goes by the name of John Favreau. <laughs> because I think he listened to our episode last week and did exactly what we said not to do. He literally said, oh, I shouldn't do that, and just completely changed the episode last minute. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that as we get forward here. But, Pete, people want to follow us here on the Sky Guys. You can subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all usual suspects. Simply search for the Sky Guys favorite podcast platform episode there. Oh, you just in the suffering, folks. You're not getting the episode until a couple of days after you record. So in this case, you're not getting it until Selection Sunday. So you could get it today, a like day after record, if you subscribe. So you should do that. You should. You should subscribe. You get the Bad Batch content as well, which is, I believe, non-Just in the Suffering, right, Mike? So nope. uh, exclusive content, early content. I mean, how can you go wrong? Yeah, Nick, if you want to follow the social media streets, how can they do that? At Sky Guys Podcast, that's both on um, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Yep, you can also check out the YouTube page. Sam, Mike Phillips on YouTube. We've got video versions of the podcast. We've got the graphics and the props, including our Lego minifigure of Nick's here character, Palimato. You really bought that, huh? And she came with the... the uh, really bought that. The Mando Starfire one. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable here. And Nick, let's get to some Star Wars news. A couple of things we can discuss. Yeah, I'm only going to go over two things today. I want to keep it as... Brief as possible because they do have some things that we're going to discuss along with them. Yeah. So the first thing is they announced the panels for the 2023 Star Wars celebration, which takes place. You always correct me on this. When does it take place again? It's London. No, when? When? Not where? Uh, Easter weekend. Oh, so that's coming up. Yeah. All right, we got about a, we got about a month here now. I have the article up. I can't see the panels. Here it is. Now it's loading. Okay. Here we go. We. We have a Lucasfilm Studio Showcase. Um, we have Designing Star Wars Production. We have The Making of Endor Season 1. We have Ahsoka Panel. 
We have bringing worlds to life. It's like concept artists. We have the Hi- higher public one. We have a 40 years return of the Jedi one. Cosplay workshop, young Jedi adventure screening. There's a Star Wars and India. Oh, it's Hasbro. Hasbro. There's, there's a bad... Cantina. Yeah, there's a Bad Batch one in there too, I know. We got Clone Wars. There's a bunch of panels in here. We can leave maybe a link because I can really go yep. a very long time naming these. There's a lot of panels. A Marvel one, the Visions Volume 2. Like it goes on and on. Yeah. So there's a bunch there. That's exciting. And the next thing is the news was broke on Tuesday that Patty Jenkins' film, which was originally going to be Rogue Squadron, then we don't even know what it was going to be, and Kevin Feige. Yep. Say that right? Yep. That both of their films have been shelved and they will not be happening. And we had a little bit of a debate off the air. We'll let the audience in on our wager here. But before we get to do that, um, yeah, so those films were, were scrapped. And my opinion on it is great. I want all of them shelved. I don't want any movies for a long time until we really build up a lot of excitement from this TV universe. And then it feels right to be excited about going to the movies again. And the example I always use is I went into The Rise of Skywalker. I wasn't even excited to see the movie. The theater was half empty and I went on opening night. Don't let that happen again. Yeah, Pete, any thoughts on uh, where we're standing here at the movie situation? I'm fine with it. I, I think they're, they, uh, it's it's too much too soon, right? Everyone's just, they just can't get flooded with content. So I think it's definitely wise for them to slow it down. I don't know if this was a slow down versus we just don't want to do the project. but uh, I feel like it's more of a quality control issue, in my opinion. Probably. I mean, it makes sense. It just, you know, I, I mean, I think we also saw off air and I don't know if it's a piece of news when so breaking it too quickly that they're, they're going to try to, to focus more on quality. Right. Yes. And that was a, yeah. a big thing. Big Bob Iger spoke on day of recording, which is we record one day late. So we got this in this week here is that Sam, he's talking about the other press conference where I think he was, I think he was in Munich doing an event or something. He was asked about Marvel and, and uh, star Wars and Marvel is saying we're doing, you know, we're doing, we're, we have to, you know, sort of work focus on the quality of the content and like, you know, we're doing too many sequels to these characters. You only do three or four on certain characters. You can, you can just two. And Star Wars said, like, you know, we're going to still put movies out, but we're going to be careful what we put out, basically, is what he said. Yeah, I mean, they're learning from their mistakes. You know, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, they're all together. So, I mean, sadly, Marvel had to take the hit. But I'm glad that Star Wars is really, you know, focusing on Marvel's mistakes. All right, Nick, you want to let us... And for, yeah, I'll let the audience in on our bet here. So, Mike, you got to help me with the pronunciation of this guy's name. Uh, okay, so here's... I'll lay the bet out here. So, like, all fair, we're discussing is there have been rumors for weeks now that at this Lucas... At this Star Wars celebration in London, they're going... They've already been leaked several times. They're going to announce the plan, their latest update on the movie. So, Nick has said nothing's going to happen. I said that the movie they're the highest on right now is the Damon Lindelof written Star Wars movie, which is, like... He's in it. I think they have a director attached to it already. His rumors are going to shoot this year. We have a wage here that I said that they will bring Dan Lindelof to this panel in London to announce the movie. And if I am not, if all of those details do not happen, Nick gets a Funko Pop from me. Yeah, I think Mike put himself in a corner because this guy needs to show up. He has to show up at that specific panel and announce the movie at that panel. He can show up and then get off the stage and then they announce it and I still get the pop. No, if he's there, they're going to bring him out to talk about the movie. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, Sam, what do you think? Like, we will see. Have you heard about this Dan Lindelof written Star Wars movie? I have. Um, that's a writing. That's a lot of stuff writing on a Funko Pop. Yeah. There, Mike. I mean, Nick I, might be taking it away. That's a lot of what ifs. 
You know, I feel very confident. I said, like, if this is a movie, there's going to be that panel, and then they're going to do his movie. He's the one they bring out for it. Because I don't have any stars attached to it yet. Yeah. I mean, good luck. My fingers are crossed for the both of you. Have to be impartial. Yeah. And that's all I have on the news. I, I, I was going to bring up that I, that the, the other thing with Disney and the quality control. But it, unless it's, like, actual Star Wars news that happened in the last week, that, it, like, is like a, yes, this is happening or whatever, I, especially with these Mando episodes, it would be longer. I don't want to bring it up. Yeah, that's a fair point here. I also point out that in terms of the quality control, Bob Iger is right. Some franchises do not need third movies. <laughs> Ant-Man. Well, I still didn't get a chance to see it. It was not good. <laughs> All right, so let's get to this episode here. We were talking today about the Minds of Mandalore here, and I do think, uh, Pete, this was a much better episode than we thought was going to be. Remember we last year thinking about, oh, we're not going to tell Mandalore until episode five. We got to Mandalore this week. Yeah, um, episode was good. The pacing was a little bit fast, but I don't think it uh, it was to the detriment of the episode. I think it still worked. Um, I really liked it. Um, we'll we'll dig deeper, obviously, but um, I'm I'm happy that we got Mandalore episode two or chapter eighteen versus later on in the end the season. It gives you a lot more room to do more with it. Yeah, Sam, are you happy with what we got this week in terms of like the fact we got to Mandalore already and we already saw him go to the mine to try and complete his little quest? Yeah, um, see, for me, the episode was a little slow. Like, I'll, I know, like, a, I feel like a lot happened, but in the same time, not as much as I want wanted happen happened. You know, it was a lot of, like, you know, we'll go into it more in depth, but there was important aspects that happened, not going too far ahead, but I honestly, I thought it was a little slow, personally. Yeah, well, we'll skip more into the episode here, and Nick, I want to go to you for this first year, like, we go to Tatooine and start the episode here. What do you think of Pelimato's con here? She's running on this poor, uh, like, tor- this poor Greedo alien guy. No, I didn't hate her in this episode. She didn't do anything really that was too annoying. I, I, my all-time low moment with her was when she was riding in the car with the mayor's assistant, and they were screaming. I was just like, you got to be kidding me with the two of them. But um, didn't mind her at all in this episode. But right away, I think all of us are thinking exactly what we thought last week. We see them going to Tatooine. We see Pelimato. We're like, oh, my God, we were right. We were right. He's going to go to to Tatooine. It's going to be a little fetch quest for however long, an hour and a half. I mean, not an hour and a half, sorry. Um, three episodes of fetch quest, so an hour and a half total is what I meant. Um, of him going back and forth and back and forth trying to get this piece for this chip. And then this is where I think John Favreau watches based on what happened in this scene. They just just they had they built up an entire story in the first episode and went actually you know what forget that just go just go <laughs> yeah I did like this here so Pete I do also like that we got a little bit of the Bunta week on Tatooine that was a lot of fun we saw them doing pod racing in the streets all the fireworks too I was I was waiting for a spin move somewhere <laughs> well they did spin around the the the, uh, the uh, corner there yeah no I like, listen I just they're trying so hard to make Boba Fett relevant and they can't. I, it just nothing they do is going to make it relevant in my mind. Sam, do you appreciate the name drop we got? Where I was like, "Oh, you here to see Boba Fett? Like, are the hot scars in trouble again?" Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know, I'm still burned by the whole you know series so far from Boba Fett. Um, did any? I know I'm like going a little off here, but did anybody have an issue of how Grogu goes places with his little flippity flip with the Force? Yeah. Oh, he's jumping the roof. It works for you. I thought that was so cheesy. I was like, this is so cheese balls. Well, he is a kind of cheese balls character. It makes sense. 
Uh, why did Pelimato say? Because I have the subtitles on. I, I know I've asked you guys this before. Do you guys watch the subtitles? I forget that. I forget your answers. All the time. I, did, I did not. Yeah, she said, "Are you here to take out Boba Fett?" As if he would go to like kill him, which really threw me off. Like, why would he be doing that? He would, if anything, they would be helping him. Yeah, I, I think that. I, I think that line specifically tells you right away that there's definitely a Boba Fett season two, and the hot to the main villain. Yeah, well, I think they haven't announced that yet. That might be a celebration. No, they definitely haven't announced that yet, but I'm telling you that I think they're going to announce that. Yeah, and also, uh, P, what did you think of the uh, R5 droid picked up, which apparently I've read in, on the internet. Apparently this is the same droid from episode four that, like, Owen, Uncle Owen tries to buy and then just, like, short service has to take R2 instead. I mean, unless you're looking this up, who the hell's going to know that? I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna. Yeah, it was cool. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't really know how to. <laughs> how else to? <laughs> I didn't know that, Pete. I'm not gonna lie to you. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I didn't pick up on that one. Now I, I also feel ter- terrible. I actually picked up on it so much that I was analyzing the head and saying this isn't the same one because he's missing a cut on the back of his head. Yeah. But apparently it is him anyway. Must have cleaned the cut up, you know? Yeah. I did think it was also funny like, when Pelly Miles embellishing, oh, he served in the Rebellion. Let's <laughs> just try and get Mando to buy him. Maybe he did. I don't know his history. Do you? No, apparently there's, there's like non, there's apparently there's like semi-canonical stuff, which I don't know what to buy of what, but like there's some rumor for him. There's like some book somewhere where they claims the droid short-circuited himself so that R2 could go with Owen. Like, it's like that's a little much. Yeah. All right, so then we do go to Mando here, and what did you think, uh, Sam, seeing Mandalore for the first time in live action? Because I know he's gotten an animation a few times. Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, I liked how, like, when they were going into the atmosphere, that I was like, I swear they're going to crash into a mountain or something. Like, something's going to happen where they're going to crash. But then you realize, you know, it's like in its own in- bubble, like, in case bubble um, that nobody wanted to explore. Because I know that they were, you know, atmosphere, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I liked how it was portrayed. Uh, it was very interesting, and you could see all the destruction and everything too, which I thought was—I thought it was well, you know, animated because you know, sadly, that de- place doesn't exist. But <laughs> yeah, Pete, what did you think about what we got here? Because I felt like anybody who watched episode and watched Clone Wars got a, like a butt ton of references in this episode, referring like planets, Mando's calling out, and like the locations we visited. There was a lot. I think it was great. I uh, I really liked that they didn't just skim over that stuff. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than that. I mean, I th- I, I really enjoyed it. Nick, what did you think about like how we got there? Mando makes us know that the charts have been doctored about the planets, like atmosphere's breathability here. So, like, what do you think about like that information that we can we got we picked up? I think I think it's kind of showing you, but I do want to. I wanted you to ask me that again in five seconds. I just yeah. want to say something else before that was earlier, and yeah. I don't want to miss it. So, what I want to say is I. I noticed specifically how Mando pointed out Mandalore to Grogu and said, this is our homeworld of our people. Yeah. And then so did where he grew up. And he said, that's where Bo-Katan. Well, you see how interested he was, actually. He was like, still a kid, that stuff. He's like, this is where I grew up. He doesn't care. He's playing his Game Boy in the backseat. He he actually cared. Like, he was very interested. And, and and it's just proof that he is a foundling. You know what I mean? He is a Mandalorian. He's Grogu invested. And he's invested, yeah. But to your question, I think... You said something about how the how do I feel about the planet actually being breathable? Yeah, because I know Mando says like to Grogu, he's like, oh, like they must have changed, they altered the charts about this planet. I think it's just clear that it's the armor, man. Like this whole creed, it's just it's outdated, and I think that's kind of what we're gearing towards here is more of a Bo-Katan is right, the armor is wrong, and it's about how Mando's going to learn that, and it's, and 
it doesn't look like it's really working. He's still keeping his helmet on all the time, doing this. He's still very involved with the Creed, but it seems like over time he's going to have to abandon that, or maybe he. Uh, I think I would think he will abandon it. Yeah. Yeah, so we do have that going on here. And P, we do get a lot of good acting sequences here when they're exploring the mines, including, you know, like when Mando gets in there, he gets attacked by these Alamites. Did you feel like these guys were like interesting, like creatures to see in battle? No. <laughs> Would you rather have that? It was, it was cool to see Mando in action finally, you know, get our Darksaber uh, tracker up. But I mean, it's just like, I. I, I feel like this season we're in a video game. Like, I honestly feel that way. We we talked about how the first episode was getting all your side quests. Now it's like, go to this location. Oh, to get to this location, you have to battle enemies that will pop out of nowhere. Oh, you got trapped. Uh, second character. go. You know, it, it, there's a lot of different things that just makes me really feel like I'm watching a video game. Would you rather have these guys know the spiders from last season? Third option? Like, I don't <laughs> even know how to answer that. I, I just, I rather... I don't know. I'd rather see some like rogue uh, Mandalorians that stayed there. They're like, what the hell are you guys doing? And then maybe team up or, or whatever. Like, I'd rather see that than random characters that to me have no meaning other than it just makes it a little bit more difficult. Granted, there's some Mandalorian lore behind them as we, we find out from Bo-Katan, but it's just like, I, I don't know. I I mean, sure, the battle was cool, but they the, the, the characters themselves, they just really don't care. Yeah, Sam, I mentioned off the air that there were a lot of jump scares in episode. Like, did these guys get you the Alamites? Sam, what do you think about the... Uh, oh, sorry. I thought you were still talking to Pete. I apologize. Yeah, no, uh, they were creepy. Um, I was also expecting, like, more Mandalorians, more, like, um, you know, hiding somewhere or just watching, staying in the background. Uh you know, they were cool looking, I guess. But other than that, I also don't feel like they served any true purpose for the plot. Yeah, Nick, we do see, like, after he returns the droid to the ship, he picks Grogu up, they go down and start exploring here. I do think it's interesting that, like, he points out that Bo-Katan told him last week, oh, like, the mines are underneath the Civic Center of Sundari, which is a city we saw in Clone Wars. And he's like, yeah, Bo-Katan was right. And, the, and this is a point you made earlier, that the armor basically said, oh, there's nothing there. And Bo-Katan's like, go, oh, it's exactly here. And then she's right, and the armor's wrong. Yeah, seems like she's more in touch with actual Mandalore and whatever this creed is up to and their little it's almost like a like a play on religion in a way and or bashing organized religion in a way and just I guess when it gets outdated to a point and maybe that's what it is here and it seems like uh the more we learn about the armor we learn and not just the armor the whole creed I'd singling out the armor unfairly but the more we learn about the whole creed we learn that they're just they're full of it. Yeah, I mean Bo-Katan says as much in the episode she they thought they're full of it. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get forward here and uh Pete, were you surprised when like like I when you see Mando go for this helmet on the ground and like I'm like, is that a that's like a rookie move? Like you assume like that's some, some kind of booby trap. I, I mean, I have to be honest, I didn't see it coming. Um maybe I, I would make the same rookie move. Uh I just um I liked it. I, I actually liked that part of it. I think that was better than the the second part of the seaweed creatures, the seaweed pirate, and now the yeah. seaweed, right? Yeah, then it's like the uh, walking cave monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, did you like that we had this uh, like attack on Mando here, and then he gets like, his incapacitated, and Grogu has to be the one to save him? Yeah, that's good. Give Grogu a chance. I, he's never had his own episode. He's never. It's usually it's getting putting him in school while we do something. You know, now it's. 
putting Mando in school and a little different than school, but putting Mando here, let Grogu do something on his own. Tried to get him out with the Force, and I feel like he would have if he had more time, but it was kind of, you know, I don't know, you know, Grievous was all over him, so. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier that I wanted to get your take on here is that we see Mando using the Darksaber here. Is that he again is still struggling with the dark saber? Like about after he learned from the armor about, I do think that he's still not mastered it yet. Uh, not my take, actually. I noticed that too, though he is struggling. But I feel like then he started using his Mandalorian fighting and his weapon, like his along with the saber, and then he started figuring it out along the way. You notice he did use the saber to knock out every single one of those guys. Yeah, but it was like don't rely on the saber. It's like use your instincts and what you know. And also use the saber, and I feel like he did a lot better than he did, especially in that meat factory and in Boba Fett. Yeah, that maybe I had a friend of the podcast, Nick Delessio, ask me off the air. He's like, "What's the deal with like why Mando's still struggling with the sword?" And like, correct me wrong, like we something like went over in Rebels to be this this sword some sort of like psychic connection to its holder and can sense when like you're not like using it correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam, fun fact you for you about the dark saber. Yeah, I did not know that. Um. I feel like the Darksaber is going to be more of a metaphor for the rest of the season, though, with how he uses it. I, you know, not, you know, more piggybacking on Nick's idea there uh, with, like, the armor, you know, the armor and, like, uh, Bo-Katan's ideas. I feel like the Darksaber is going to be a good link between the two. Yeah, and I did also get your take on, like, what we saw at Grogu in this scene when he's trying to break man Mando out. He tries to use the force, doesn't work, and then he has to run quickly. He used the force to throw away one of the the uh cave creatures and then he used the lessons that Mando taught him how to navigate to tell R5, like, hey, fly me here to Bo Katan. So that was a good job by Grogu. Yeah. Good job. He, he like with his scooter though, like how silly was that? Yeah. Like again, like I love this this is my favorite Star Wars show so far. But there's just some things where I'm just like, this is a little too childish for me. After maybe seeing Andor, I'm a little, you know, more, what's the word, snobby. Yeah. But. Yeah, it was it was definitely fun, though. And I do think it was great, like, Pete, when he gets to Calavello and Bo-Katan sees the ship coming. She comes out, like, pissed off. Like, I'm going to send Mando away. Like, I'm really tired of this guy showing up to, like, you know, like mess up my day. And then when she sees just growing the ship, like the look on her face, she's like horrified. Like what happened there? I thought that was also very like fun to see that, see that turn real quick. I mean, was it fun? We was got it? pissed at that guy Roken for turning super quick. Yeah. It was the same episode. It's a little bit different, but I mean, she goes from, I don't care about you. I'm not joining you. You don't join me. Do what you got to do. Go. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm done to, Oh my God, is Mando hurt? Take me there. It's like, wait a minute. Which which one was it? Did you actually genuinely care what Din Djarin was asking of you, or and you know care about his well being, or did you not? So it was kind of weird to see that switch kind of quickly. I think it's, maybe- it's because she didn't think he was going to get hurt, and when he got hurt, she realized I can't be the one to defeat him, and if I'm not the one to defeat him, I can't get the dark saber. Do you think she did have self interest? Yeah, yeah. Like for me, I feel like it's sort of a, like. See, I feel like her feeling like sort of like getting out of her sad sack stage, sort of like I think having Grogu be the one shot by himself, you know, something actually is seriously wrong here because this kid's never alone. So like maybe I'll help I'll help this little child out. Yeah, I think that she like I know, like jumping a little ahead, she talks about the story with her father, how he was a leader, how she was a leader. I think that when he showed up alone, it's like, you know, there's only so many of us. You know, you have to protect, like, even though she has this disconnect, it's like, protect our own. Like, go, we're going to, like, no man left behind kind of deal. I feel like that's what was her calling, like, the leader calling. 
Yeah, we do get that going here. And I do think it was fun seeing the uh, situation there where, like, Bo-Katan has to work with Grogu and like, she curses him through his fear neck where she's like, hey, like, I can find, I can help you get but I need you to lead me to it. I thought that was a fun seeing them in interact, her telling Grogu some stuff along the way. Yeah, she was like, your dad's not the only man. Laura, what you got from the trailer is one of the lines. I think in the original first teaser, yep. that was one of the lines. Which, by the way, do we have anything left from the trailers? Barely, right? Dr. Pershing is still there. Yeah, barely anything from these trailers. And I'm also upset because this is completely unrelated, but when they flew away from Tatooine, we saw the fireworks, we all thought that was Coruscant in the trailer. Yeah. And that was not Coruscant, so now I'm wondering if they're going to go to Coruscant. I, mean, I still think so. I still think I saw something else on Coruscant, right? Pershing's there. Yeah, so all right, hopefully, hopefully we get a little more besides Pershing there, but... Um, an interesting little thing working with Grogu. You know, I also liked when they. I think it was when Mando fell with Grogu and he was using the jetpack, and Grogu was in his little bassinet, and they were going down at the same time. Yeah, going down there. It's pretty pretty cool to see that city, and you can kind of make out, you know, from the Clone Wars what it was. But a great thing, you know, seeing Grogu and Bo-Katan. It, it, it very similar to some sort of video game thing here. Probably like, like, you know, guiding the NPC to where you need to go. Yeah, like, I felt like the visuals are a little Last of Us-ish also, Nick, in terms of the TV show. I didn't know you watched the show. I am getting into it slowly. I'm, I'm behind. Oh. I watched, watched the first few episodes so far. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it was very, like, abandoned city, like, Last of Us, like, Last of Us vibes. Yeah, I mean, it's post-apocalyptic, if that's yeah. what you mean. Yes. It's Yeah, it's, it's essentially what it is. Yeah, and P. I also think it was fun to see that Bo Katan, like we talked about how Mando struggled with Darth Vader, Bo Katan picks it up off the ground basically is like has no issue using it. Clearly she's like got some skills and knows like what the sword wants out of her. Yeah, I mean she used it for quite some time, right? She was the holder of it for, for a little bit there. So it was pretty cool to see that it was like riding a bike once she uh picked it back up. It was it was a piece of cake. Yeah, and she does also like saying like crush this like little grievous droid, like this little droid. This alien is using the droids who just kills both of them and like one, two swipes with the sword. It's pretty badass. Yeah, no, she's. Uh, I have had my issues with the character in general, but uh, I have had some more positive thoughts for Bo. Yeah, speaking of Bo here, Nick, we get this great conversation after like she rescues him and then she starts filling him in a bunch of like Mandalorian history. Like, what what did you take away from this combo? I can't tell you yet <laughs> because it has to do with my whole theory on everything at the end. So I have a new theory because last week's theory was no good. So now I have a new theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything stick away, stick with you from the man, from the uh, Mando Bo-Katan conversation about some of like the history of like Mandalore and like her family's role in it. I mean, it was cool to hear. Um, I don't know how much weight it's going to hold throughout the rest of the season. I mean, maybe we do see, some sort of family kind of get back together or a form at some point. But I mean, I, I just think it was cool knowledge to have and, and nice filler when they're walking through the mines. Uh, Nick, we just did not reference Duchess Satine in, in the converse in like the story and the little history of us. She's telling. She's like, yeah, my father was a ruler. Like I, yeah, a little bit. I, I thought she didn't really like her sister. Right. Well, I mean, she, she, she did. They, they disagree on how to rule the planet. Yeah. So maybe he was left in doubt intentionally, but it is one of those things where you're kind of just like thinking it, like, is she going to say it? Is she going to say it? And she just does it. And you're like, oh, I wonder why she didn't say that. Kind of, there's kind of a nod to it. Didn't she say, like, you know, the Mandalorians and the Jedi used to be very close once? 
yeah, she does allude to the time that she's working with Obi-Wan and Anakin in, the, in Clone Wars. Right, you, that's like the only time you see it, though. So maybe that was like a little nod to her sister, you know, having a, some sort of love interest with a Jedi. A little bit. Yes, I'm trying to look up here on, on this thing, on this note here, and she talks about a lot of stuff here, and she says that she... That line that she said there is also part of my theory. The Living Waters story, like storyline? What? This, 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 the storyline about the Living Waters and how she went there and thought it was just a, just a load of crap. No, the one with the Jedi and the Mandalorians being close that Pete had brought up. All right, so I'll let you save that one here. And yeah, we'll do a weekly thing probably, Nick's Theory, and we'll see how close I can get. And if I'm wrong, we'll do another one. And if I'm right, I'll just keep saying what I said. Yeah. So far, I'm over one. Yeah, and Sam, we get to the Living Water scene here, and you can see the like, Bo-Katan like, reads in the whole myth here. And it's always fun to see him go through here and then like basically get grabbed, and Bo-Katan's like, shocked, like, wait, something is down there. Yeah, that was like my second jump scare. The first one was this creepy spider, you know, Grievous Droid, but um, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, kind of actually, if you think about all the horror movies, but, um, you know, just watching and with, you know, having to turn up my brightness on my TV as much as I could go, but I don't know. I, I What I liked about it was how like Mando was like, you know, going to go into the waters, do his whole spiel, and then he gets sucked down, which was pretty hilarious. But, you know, that's just me. I have a weird sense of humor. Yeah, Nick, like, we see also as she goes down, she gets him, he's, like, drags him back up, and then she turns, like, her light on her helmet and sees what's going on there, and she sees the Eye of the Mythosaur. And you want to give the audience a little bit of, like, background here, what a Mythosaur is. A mythical dinosaur mythosaur i guess right yes. i don't know if that's really true but that's how i take of it but it is the it's the logo the logo of the mandalorian is that face that head that they have and they're thought to have been extinct and i guess not right yeah we clearly have one well we have one and another big piece of them goes into my theory so if you want to fill in the audience a little bit more i can then save my theory yeah, because the Mythosaur is this big mythical creature here. This first, I think it was first introduced in the 1978 holiday special in the Boba Fett cartoon that Boba Fett's riding one of them. Yeah. yeah. So That's right. And Bo-Katan basically says, like, oh, like, we were told about this like, creature being in the water, and, like, it's been dead. They've been dead for years. I don't think it's actually real. And then she comes out of the water. She's shocked. He's like, oh, it's actually real. Yeah. I mean, myth sort of ties you right to myth. You know, it's, it's exactly what it is. Pete, what did you think of like uh, Bo-Katan's reaction to the Mythosaur? Honestly, underwhelming. What a shit my pants. If I'm <laughs> down there and that thing looks at me, I would have been gone. I would be like, nope, thanks, see you later. I'm I'm good, thank you. We're never coming back here again. He, he, she's just like, huh, and then just, <laughs> just swims away. Like it's okay, no problem. That I I would have been gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming Sam, you'll be right there with Pete. If you saw one of those things, you'd see flying out of there. Well, I mean, personally, yes, because I'd be scared and I'd be swimming as fast as possible. But uh, for Bo-Katan, I think it was a symbol of hope. It was like her, you know, like a resurgence. Like I thought like her, I thought her reaction was appropriate. I think it literally like sparked something within her. Yeah, it's funny because I think I took the opposite takeaway from Nick in terms of like what happened here. I think Bo-Katan sort of like, like maybe there's more of this creed than I thought initially, especially when she goes there and sees that Mando's sort of over to it. And then she sees the mythosaur and says, you know what, make... Maybe I should put a little more stock at the old ways. I think I'm going to any sort of blending of the two, is my theory, Nick. Hmm. You think so? 
I feel like we the way Bo Katan acts in this episode is like she's so like dismissive of all the myth lore. It's like, oh, you and your Cree, like, let me tell you the fairy tale. And then she sees the thing, it's like, oh, maybe he's actually right. And it's like she's like she's like so sort of dismissive of Mando's like insistence on belief in this thing. And she's like, maybe there is something to here to this here. Maybe, but I have a different view. You can go for it now. I feel like you hit the pretty much hit the episode. All right, yeah, well, my theory is, I don't know if you guys know about the Mythosaur and Mandalorian culture and what the man Mandalore is. The Mandalore is the leader of Mandalore. Yeah. And we've, we've been told that whoever wields the Darksaber is the leader of Mandalore, right? Yep. Now, there's something that triumphs that, and that is the person who, or being, who can tame and ride a Mythosaur, which we saw Boba do in the holiday special. So who do you think could do that? Boba Fett. <laughs> no, he that's already, not a bad guess because he did ride the Rancor. Yes. The answer I'm looking for is Grogu. Yeah. Because he's the one who could calm down the Rancor like he did in Boba Fett. So my theory is that Grogu will tame the Mythosaur and become the leader of Mandalore and be the Mandalorian foundling Jedi combining all these things together. Pete, my theory is right. I said this three shows ago. <laughs> I think you did say that. Something similar, right? Something similar. I said make a Grogu, it shows anything with Grogu ruling Mandalore. Yeah. With his flips. He'll flip from his bassinet to the mythosaur. What, what, so, Sam, what's worse? The flips or the spin from Boba Fett? I don't know. Spins. Definitely the spins, but, like, damn, his little flips are, aren't are great for me. It's giving uh, Boba Fett vibes. Not a lot of flips. So Pete, you said you love the flips? No, Yoda. Yoda does a lot of flips. It's just his species is just a flipping species. I get maybe when they're young, they're just not good at flipping, and just yeah, I need a I maybe I just have to wait till he gets older. That's still my hope. I know I just gave my theory, but that's actually not what I hope. My hope with the show is that we meet the other of the Yoda species and bring Yoda, excuse me, bring Grogu back to the home you know, Yoda world, whatever they call it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, whatever they name it, but I, that's still my hope for the show is to see that. But so PA reaction, Nick's theory here about like Grogu taming the mythosaur. I, I, I mean, anything is possible. I, sure. Why not? I mean, maybe even Bo-Katan gives a, gives a whack at it. I don't know. I don't, uh, all the theories sound great until they don't happen. Yeah. We had a great, we had a great theory going in uh Boa Fett that Thrawn was going to be the big, the big bad guy on the show. And that ended up not happening. Yep, and I don't know if you heard us last week, Sam. My big theory was that the Mandalore was going to be an Imperial cloning facility and they were going to run into a trap. <laughs> that didn't happen. They got it. Uh, he ran into a trap, a... just not that one. Yeah, they did run into a trap, just not the trap we thought. Yeah, so you weren't that wrong. That's okay. But, but I, I, really, think... I, I truly believe that Jon Favreau was listening to this show because we had said it was going to take three weeks to get to Mandalore and they really threw out the entire plot line in a minute. Man, just for you I... guys. I'm so happy about that. I think that I actually think the pacing of this episode was awful, but I think it benefited the episode. Yeah, I think we need yeah. we need this like time to like sort of like take in what we're seeing on Mandalore. I don't think we can. I'm, I, I'm happy that the episode pacing was was the way it was. Yeah. Also, I think the beginning was really really rushed, and then the episode really dragged. But I think it was perfect the way. I think that's why it needed to be like that. Also, P, I'll point out here one thing I want to mention here before we sort of move on to the trackers here is that. Bo-Katan does not keep the Darksaber after she picks it up. She does return it to, to Din, Din Djarin. So an interesting note here that she does still believe in the rule that the Darksaber has to be taken by combat. Yeah, I mean, she she never liked that she didn't get it 
from combat because she it kind of delegitimized her rule. So I think she is going to be respectful and do it the way it's supposed to be done if she does decide to go for the Darksaber. Yeah, I think the one thing we learned from this episode, Nick, is that like I think the rest of the season that Bo-Katan and Mandarin are working together, which explains why Katie Sackhoff is credited as main cast in the show now. Yes. Yeah, I'm very excited for the where the rest of the season is going to go. We One of our biggest things, and this is kind of exclusive just to us, but I think one of our biggest things is we love when we don't know what's happening. Yep. I don't like going in there and, not, oh, here we go, exactly what I thought. It's not entertaining. Like, with this episode, when I'm watching it, at the beginning, I was like, oh, here we go, Tatooine. But then once he landed on Mandalore, I'm like, I don't have a clue what's going to happen. And it was so it's such an exciting episode. I wish I, was able to, I wish I was able to see it a little bit better because of the glare on the train. But that's a you problem. It was fantastic. That's a me problem. That's right. Yeah, and Sam, I'll also point out here, one other thing that Nick loves mentioning here is like when we burn through the trailer footage as fast as possible, that's great also for this purpose because like we use a lot of trailer footage in these first two episodes. Not much left that we haven't seen already. Yeah, that means that there's a lot that they didn't want you to see, which is which makes gives me hope for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm excited about this here. So I think we're ready now to go to our trackers here, see what's going on here at this show here. So, uh, Nick, no pirates, no Hondo once again. He's still stuck at 18 appearances. Uh, again, you said this on the Bad Batch pod that comes out in the future. So, a couple days from now. There, yeah, but we, we recorded it already. We said the same thing. Doesn't fit in this episode, so I'm happy that he wasn't here. But I do want to see him. Yeah, so next up here, uh, Pete, another Bo-Katan appearance, up to 15. I think this is going to update every week. Yeah, I think I think we get consistent Bo-Katan throughout the season. Yep, next up here, Sam, another one for the Darksaber. So we're up to 16 appearances of the Darksaber across all Star Wars here, and on our graphic you'll see on the YouTube version of the video here, we keep track of who has possession of the Darksaber, so still in Mando's possession as of this episode. Man, I I love your little tracking. It's so good. Yep. It's very this is like one of my most entertaining parts yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun. We've heard we've heard that a couple times now. Yeah, we have gotten feedback that people love the Travers. Next up here, Nick, live action cameos. We can add our five to the board. So we have one report, so thirteen. Cool. Yeah. Not what not what I was aware of. And then I did you know how I found this out, Nick? How? I went on TVWine.com. Their headline was like so, like original movie character, like is helps Mando this week. I go, I I look at it like it was the droid. <laughs> it was. I, I'm very curious on what you're gonna do about this um, animated character cameo, and if, if you're gonna increase this or not. I want. I'm interested to see the direct direction you go. Well, Pete it is getting increased because Bo-Katan also counts for this one here too. So it's up to eight now. Double dipping. Do yeah. you think it's not nine because the Mythosaur was an animated cameo from the holiday special? Holiday special is not canon. Oh, shit. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, it's an homage. <laughs> right. I wish that was canon. All right. Uh, Sam, we also are talking about how many planets that we visit in, Man- in uh, the Mandalorian. So we're at a new planet of the board in Mandalore. So up to 15 total over records of Mando and Book of Boba Fett. Wow. That's a lot. I feel like you're always just on Tatooine, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Also, yep. That's All the way. Yeah, that was most of Book of Boba Fett was just Tatooine. Mm-hmm. That was also part of why the show sucked. <laughs> Could be that, um, among a lot of other things. Yeah. Uh, Nick, this is the way. We got one from uh, Mando to Bo. From we did. Dance, dance up to 29 over the course of these shows. 29 in 25 episodes, right? If we're counting the three from Boa, yes. 
No, even counting everything from Boba, I think. Okay, so 29, 25 episodes. And if you don't count those others, so like 29 and 21, roughly around there. Yep. Okay. Yeah, my theory is we're going to end with the exact same amount of times as episodes. All right. Next up here, Pete, we don't have any Mando jobs yet. So we're still on eight jobs over the course of his time in our in our lives. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think we're done with Mando jobs. We Maybe might... one, you know, like a one-off. I think we're done. I think he's too invested in a lot going on now. There's mythosaurs, there's Jedis, there's Darksabers, there's... Finding Mandalorians. No, there's, there, there's no time to be taking jobs for grief cargo for the payment. Like, he's got no time for that anymore. Yeah, see, I saved this one for you. We keep track of the number of times that Grogu eats over the course of the show, so... We're up to 11 now, because he finished off Mando soup. Oh, that's <laughs> true, the pog soup. Yeah. I I made this call on the air. I said every episode that he's going to have one time of him eating, because they love the memes. That's true. I mean, this wasn't that memeful, though. No, but they like having the moments of Grogu eating. That seems like their favorite thing to do. Because we was barely in season one, then they, they started doing a, a crap ton in season two. It's like, oh, people love this. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was a little overplayed, but that's just me. That's their thing now. Cause once, lots of opinions. Yeah, because they once they saw the soup the soup thing go meet, go viral from season one, they said, we got to do this every time. Definitely. Also, last up here, Nick, named Mandalorians here. So I think we're going to update this every week because we have this week at Bo-Katan and Mando again. So six named Mandalorians. So we have six total. How many exclusive? Four. Okay. It's Bo-Katan and Mando twice, and you have the Armorer and Paz Vizzle last week. Right, right. And then you have all those other guys that I guess they don't have names for the beach in the opening scene now. Yeah. Now, did you touch on the character draft yet, or we're getting there after? We're going to do that right now, actually, because... Okay. Because I wanted to do the trackers first because there's a lot of them on here. So next up, we're going to our character draft. And Sam remembers on the Andor character draft, but we had no action in it. So we still don't have any action yet, but we, we are still, I think we're positioned to get some soon because we had three teams of four going into this one. So the teams are as follows. Pete has Sabine Wren, Fennec Shan, Cobb Vanth, and Cad Bane. Nick has Koskaris, who is Mer- uh, Sasha Banks from WWE, her Bandalorian character. Ahsoka, Thrawn, and Black Kersantan. I took Axe Woves, Boba Fett, Mayfeld, uh, Bill Burr's character, and Han Solo as the, on our teams here. But if we had mentions, I'd be in the lead after this week. Mentions. Uh, had- yeah, she, yeah, they said Boba Fett. Well, I think if we had mentions, you'd be in the league two to one. They mentioned, mentioned- Axe and Casca were indirectly referenced in the first episode. Yeah. I still feel confident Pizza gets to be in this season. I feel very confident in that. I actually was looking at my team, and I'm very happy with my Black Chrysanthemum pick because I feel that if Boba and Fennec show up, which you guys had a take in the second round, I think I might be able to sneak in an appearance with him also. So a much lower value pick, or I should be a higher value pick for roughly, hopefully, the same outcome. Yeah, Pete, you want to say something? I usually get screwed in these anyway, so I'm just happy <laughs> to be here. Yeah. Although I will, I will say, in terms of your uh, Fennec pick, I think also could work out Boba's there. And I feel like Boba's like alone. Sonia, if that Instagram post, if I can rely on the Instagram post, we will get Sabine. Yeah. We will. We will. I mean, we got the whales last week. Huh. True. <laughs> I think if I said space whales in this draft, I'd be winning. <laughs> An R5. Yeah. Yeah, R5 is a cameo we, all, we didn't know we needed. That's right. All right, next up here, go to the MVP, LVP board. These are the best and worst characters of the season so far. And after one episode, we have a very small board, but we are going to put it up here. So here's where we're standing after one week. 
Uh, Mando swept the MVPs last week. He was plus three. Vane, the pirate, got negative one from me, and Pete and Nick both ding the armor at negative two. So that's the board after one week here. So I'm going to see here. Who do I have starting off this week here on the board? So I'm going to go back to my rundown and see here who the MVP was here. So I believe it's – actually, Pete, you're first here. Who's the MVP of the episode? Uh, I'm giving it to Bo-Katan. Total badass this episode. Really saves the day. Um, Grogu had a lot to to do with that as well, but I just uh, – Seeing Bogotan wield the dark saber and you know give it back and and all those kind of like good character development and and uh, and uh, really cool just action scenes with her. I have to give her the MVP. Uh, Nick, who's your MVP of the week? I was really struggling between two, uh, between uh, Grogu and between Bogotan, but for the same reasons, I gotta I gotta go with Bogotan here. The same reasons Pete gave, she saved the day. Uh, Sam, who's your MVP? Uh, hands down, Bo-Katan. I really, I know that I just want to be part of the group, guys. No, but uh, I just really feel like this whole with the Mythosaur, with the Dark Saber, like everything. It's just like it's really she's really gonna be a force to be reckoned with down, you know, in the season. Um, going back to the Nick's theory with Grogu, uh, you know, get wielding the mythosaur basically uh, i think it's going to be her her amando are going to be like bffs you know like forever but um yeah i really think that she really escalated or increased her like ability for me at least but she was she was awesome i really like where this character is going i'll be clear i think you guys are all correct that bo katan is the correct answer but for the sake of variety i'm going to give one to grogu here because i will point out thank that you without grogu Getting to Bo-Katan, she doesn't get to do any of the badass stuff here. And he also learns the lessons from Mando on how to navigate the ship. He learned, teaches him early on. Says, oh, you know, like, Mandalorian, you know how to navigate the galaxy. And says, points out, this is where Bo-Katan is. And he goes to the ship, uses the force to beat the Almite, and says, go here, please. And then gets the droid there and gets and guides uh, Bo-Katan over to Mando. So he gets a point from me. Yeah, I'm glad you did that because I was afraid he wasn't going to get a point. But I wasn't going to give – I just feel like Bo-Katan was – it was close, but Bo-Katan was like needed it, so I, I wanted Grogu to get something. So I'm glad he did. Yeah, I was not going to leave him like on on just like uh, unanswered for this episode. He was he was valuable. Next up here, the other way, the LEB. Who was the worst character of the week, Nick? So my non-serious answer is the people who are all over the internet now. It's all over the internet. They're shipping Bo-Katan and Mando become a couple. <laughs> That is all over the internet, but those people is the fake LEP. My real LEP is Mando himself. What's going on, guy? You're getting <laughs> caught everywhere. He's getting uh, he's getting caught by Grievous. Then he's getting underwater, getting killed by the but not killed, but you know taken by the Mythosaur. Like, yeah, you know, he didn't do anything really crazy in this episode. But what's going on? He keeps getting captured. Clubs the dark saber. Yeah, he's falling over. He's tripping over his own feet. Yeah, uh, Sam, who's your LEP for the week? Mine was also Mando. I was just really disappointed on literally anything he did. Like, walks into a cave, gets attacked, stinks, gets sucked down into a water cave. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, doesn't take his helmet off to drink his pog suit because he's just being too Mandalorian of himself. But I I don't know. Like, I'm sure we need to have some losses to have some wins. But I, you know, I 100% agree with Nick. He's, he's the biggest LVP of the episode. I'm going to make you happy, Nick, with this pick. I'm giving it to Pelimato, the LVP, because she gave, she gave, she sold Mando a ship. Get her on the board. 
She gave her. Yeah. She's, she's all the shit droid. They basically got into a crap ton of trouble and started the Mando downward spiral. So Peli Ma gets an LEP for me. He and, didn't have to buy the droid. Yeah, Just well, say. And she's also conning people. Which is not a good. It's not a good act here. I mean, <laughs> she's got a rack going on with the Jawas where they're stripping this guy's ship and basically double charging him to get get the thing rebuilt. We did have. Uh, oh, Mike. Um. Um. We did have an appearance. I don't know if this counts as a live action or a cameo or, a, or an animated. This is up to you where it counts. But BD was there again. I don't know if that. It's not the same BD though, right? I think so it doesn't really count. I think it's her BD droid. I don't think it counts because it's a video game. I don't think it fits. Okay, that just leads me to my question: If it was BD from Fallen Order, yeah, is that animated or live action or is it a new category? I think it's a new category. I think it's a video game. Okay, it's where they showed up first. Each other first in a video game. Uh, Pete, call out the LVP for the week. Yeah, it's Mando. He gets fucked up. Uh, I don't know what's going on. He he has like he must be like suffering from the same thing Boba Fett was in the beginning of the of his uh, season, where just he just forgets how to do shit. I, I really it concerns me. Really, like if a back to tank comes out of nowhere in this season, I'm gonna get very concerned. Um, but yeah, he's just horrible. This episode, not not the character, just the, his performance is just terrible. Yeah, this is very very poor performance out of Mando here. It's like very sloppy. Very. All right, here. So that's the uh, MVP LVP board here. And next up here, we go to the episode grades. So we're going to grade this on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is worse than 1978. Holly has referenced several times in this podcast. Uh, 10 is up there with the prison episode of Andor for the pinnacle of action Star Wars content here. So, Sam, you can start us out here. What was your grade for the week? Uh, five. Um, The last part of that, like, you know, the back half of the episode uh, bumped up the grade, but giving it a, a five, you know, in the middle. The first part wasn't really needed. The second part was great. I'm giving this a seven, mostly because, A, I'm happy we didn't spend the whole episode on Tatooine, and I was worried we were going to do that, and have Mando go on a side quest to work with Jawas to go find a droid ship. And, B, I think the, the Mandalore stuff was slow. I think it was necessary, and we did get some good character moments from, from Bo-Katan and Grogu in this. I'll give it a seven here. So, Pete, you're great. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I, I think that this is definitely still a lot better than some of the Star Wars content we've seen, i.e. Book of Boba Fett, um, i.e. some of the Bad Batch episodes. So I can't mark it as just average. Um, I have to go a lot higher than that or, you know, sizably so. And uh, I, I think, yeah, the pacing was fast and slow at the same time. I think they got through a lot, but I also think the information was good and it, and it builds a story and, it, and it'll give us a good story to look forward to for the next six episodes. Yeah, good world building this episode. 100%. Uh, Nick, you're great. I'm giving it a nine. I thought this was fantastic. We skimmed through everything we thought we were going to be struggling for for weeks. And we didn't get to bother. We didn't have to bother ourselves with any of that stuff. And we just came right through of it. We got to go to Mandalore, which we thought we might not even do this season a week ago. And yeah, we got to go to Mandalore. We enjoyed our time there. We saw the Mythosaur. We saw more Darksaber stuff. And who knows where we're going next. Yeah, it's a lot of fun here, Nick. I love like push back a little bit that we dump, we're done with all this stuff. I feel like, like we might spread this stuff out a little better instead of front loading all the side quests. We might have them, you know, I wouldn't be shocked that we're not done with the trying to fix IG 11 yet. Yeah. There's something we could come back to later on. I think, like, because, I mean, don't forget, there is a scene in the trailer, man, at a droid bar. I mean, he's going to a droid bar to look for this chip. Well, I don't know. All right. We, and speaking of here, next week is Chapter 19. We're trying to do some predictions here of what's going to go on here. I feel like, at this point, I feel like my theory here is that 
Bo-Katan officially decides to work with Mando, and they go try and find some more Mandalorians to help their cause here. So that's my prediction here. So, Pete, anything you want to add? Uh, I think they're going to get a device that lets them travel to time, and they're going to break his uncle out of the prison of Azkaban. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did we not watch Chamber of Secrets? Come on. <laughs> Come on. I said this to you off air. This was Din Djarin in the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, no, I, I, I don't really... Uh... I don't know. I don't really know what's going to happen. I think they've opened up the door to a lot of possibilities. I do have to agree with with uh, your sentiment, Mike, that this is going to be a uh, tag team duo for the rest of the uh, season with Bo-Katan and uh, Din Djarin. Uh Nick, anything you want to add? No, not really. I really, I, I have no clue where we're going with this next, and you know I love that. Yeah. And putting your, I love that I don't know. Was that on your official predictions? That's right. Uh, Sam, you want a, a prediction for what we're going to do next week? I mean, I got nothing. I have I said my piece about the future of the storyline, but for next week, I think it's uh, I'm I'm excited to see what next Wednesday is going to bring. All right, so I'll just because yeah, you're on the board here, and that's, that's next week, chapter nineteen. And Nick, we're gonna have another guest going on this next week. Uh, unofficial fourth sky guy Mike Brescia is gonna be on to do an episode recap of the first time since Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, hopefully he's not late. Like I said, we got to make sure we can get a hold of him because he probably forgot. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's been watching the show. It hasn't been three episodes to catch up. Um, to my understanding that at time of recording, he is currently watching the second episode. Or maybe he just finished or he'll start in an hour. I don't know. Sometime tonight. All right. So that's up here. And also, we'll point out here for you Star Wars fans here, Bad Batch coverage coming here. So a couple of days in this feature to get chapter, uh, episode 12 of the Bad Batch uh the outpost, in my opinion, one of my favorite episodes of the season so far. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, we needed it, and and I think it's coming at a great time. Hopefully, they don't um, ruin the opportunity they've created for themselves. Oh, I have faith they'll ruin it. Same, but <laughs> it's good to think positive every once in a while, right? Yeah, and Sam, have you, have you seen All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix? I have. It was amazing. I, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's a sad movie, but it's it was very well done. This episode, what's it called? All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, I think it's said Qui Gon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be something we all just seen Qui Gon Jinn on the Western Front of World War One. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, but see, I, well, I mean, anything with Liam Neeson is usually pretty good, and even if it's not good, it's, it's always entertaining. It is always entertaining. And Sam, I'll point out, like, I know you're not a big Bad Batch fan, but the episode of this show it gave us was very advisable to that movie, which I made me very excited. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, give it a watch when we're done here. Yeah, well, that's it for the week. So I want to thank you for coming on, hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. People want to find you on social media. How can they do that? Uh, they can find me uh, on Twitter at S-D-E-R-O-S-6. Sounds good. Uh, Pete, people want to follow you on social media. How can they do that? At PJConsidori29 on Twitter. Absolutely here. Nick, one more time for the audience. How do they follow us on social media on the Sky Guys? At Sky Guys Podcast. On um, Instagram and Twitter. I always forget the, the names of the two platforms. That's, it's like, those are the easy ones. Yeah, they are the easy ones. So follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This week, we're on the Just and the Suffering podcast. Got ready for college basketball champ week with Zach Brazil, New York Post. And Sam, good friend of the podcast, John Stanko, was on. We did an Oscar preview. Oh, that's going to be a good episode. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun as well. That's going to be it for us here. Next week, we're going to be talking about Chapter 19 of The Mandalorian. We're going to talk about what happens here with Bo-Katan and Mando, where we can see more of the Mythosaur and more. Until then, guys, may the Force be with you. Thank you.